Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a quick moment and put aside anything else that's going on, anything you're trying to remember, write it down or send it to yourself on your phone. Just get it out of your head and let's just be available and aware of the presence of God. We've been talking about what some people call the gifts of the Spirit, but we're referring to as the abilities of our soul. And our soul functions in the supernatural realm. Our soul is a part of our this, what we are calling the soulical realm. This is where souls dwell and, and function. And the soulical realm is part of the supernatural realm. But other creatures live there too. And we'll, over time we'll, we'll, we may talk about some of those other beings that, and I'm not sure whether they have a soul like we do, but whatever they have, it exists in the supernatural realm. But the soulical realm is only for those with a soul that was given to them by God that now dwells in a body. Now we've been talking about learning how the supernatural realm works. And we start with learning how our soul works. And that we have, just as we have physical and natural senses, like our sight, our smell, we can feel, we can taste and and touch and smell and hear, Those are our natural senses. Your soul has senses as well. Now when we learned about our natural senses, we didn't concentrate on learning about our natural senses. We were interested in something else, and our senses, can we say, kicked into into gear. They started working. We were born with our eyes not functioning, not working. Everything was a blur. Over time, we started to focus on things, on a toy, on our parents' faces. And so our brain, it started to register and focus and make our eyes work better. As a baby, we didn't think, okay, I'm going to make my eyes work now. And likewise with our hearing, when we were a little baby, we couldn't differentiate between sounds. There'd be maybe something that would startle us, something that would please us, something that we recognize, like our mother's voice or a song, or the dogs will, you know, bark. Who knows? We, we, we developed our hearing and all these senses 
in the womb, but then when it wasn't until we became outside the womb that they started to function. And, and that's because our senses are made to function in a certain way. Our ears, even though we could hear inside our mother's womb and, and taste and all our senses were available, they didn't function the way they do now because our senses were created to function as a being outside the womb. So your eyes function differently now than they did when you were a little baby or inside the womb. Your, your sense of smell is different. Your sense of touch and taste, they're all different in hearing. It's not that they didn't work. It's just they were created to function outside the womb. And we had to develop those senses. And again, we didn't focus on the senses. But your senses, your physical senses, your, the, your, your hearing doesn't serve the purpose of hearing. It serves the, the purpose of hearing something. It, it, it's a function of something else, of, of what's going on, of, of being a part of our environment. An awareness of what's going on in the natural realm. We don't see for sight's sake. We don't feel for, for feeling's sake, for, for touch's sake. It's something, there's always an attachment to it. We are relating to ourselves. We are relating to to God, we are relating to others, we are in relating to our environment in the natural through our physical senses. So it's not, the, the value of our sight is not that we can see. It's that we can see particular things. We can see what's in our environment. We can see one another. We can see what's going on around us. We can enjoy the beauty. We can enjoy the, our, the colors. We can uh, use our senses to experience our environment. Our senses themselves are not the be-all and end-all. They are the root. They are the, the bridge. They provide information to us about what's going on in our environment. So we value them and we appreciate them for what they can provide. Likewise, in our soul, we have our soulical senses. And remember, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And if you've been taught other things as well, your conscience and, and anything else, that's fine. This is not about, we're not, it's not that important to nail things down. It's the principle of the thing because so much we, we try to understand, we try to comprehend based on limited inf information. God has not revealed so much of himself. 
and yet we try to draw conclusions thinking we have all the information when we don't. God, does, God is not waiting for us to figure it all out. He's not withholding himself until we get somewhere, until we meet some standard, until we achieve some level of maturity. It's he has a time and a purpose for everything. But what are, just as our physical senses are part of our experience here on this earth through our physical body, our natural senses, in our soul, our soulical senses are also to be experienced here on this earth. He gave us our soul for our time here, maybe before, maybe after as well, but, but we know for sure that you have a soul now for this time, just as we know for sure your body has senses for this time. And we can talk about our spirit too. We've, we've talked about that so many times. But your spirit is already perfected. Your spirit doesn't, is not prone to misinterpretation. Um, it's, it's eternal. It has all the life it needs. It, it knows God perfectly. So your spirit, there's no shadow of turning or it doesn't need to change or be act, more active. Your spirit is already perfectly active and doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Your spirit's already enjoying eternal life. And that eternal life is available to your soul and your body. But our soulical senses, because of the current status of our soul and because of our beliefs and just the timing of God, we have, in, in you know, maybe learn some things over thousands of years or unlearn some things, develop some beliefs, some expectations about what our soul can and can't do, what our soul should and shouldn't do. My take on all that is that if there's abilities in our soul that God gave us, there's an expectation that they're a gift from him and that he gives good gifts. And that just as in the natural, he wants our supernatural abilities in our soul to be functioning. And we'll go over, over time, we'll talk about why. What, you know, we, so often we hear about warfare. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But we're not even engaging in anything. We don't even know what the warfare is. You know, we call it spiritual warfare. Well, there's only two beings in the spirit realm, and that's God and redeemed soul, redeemed spirits. If you've been born again in your spirit, you're in the spirit realm. That's it. So there's no warfare between us and God. And there's no warfare between God and himself or us and ourselves. So there's no warfare in the spirit realm. The warfare that most of those references refer to is going on in the supernatural realm. And God is allowing that. 
because part of our purpose here on this earth is to be able to use the the weapons that God has already given us that are in our soul. So he puts us in a situation where we need them. Now, so often he puts us in these situations and we, you know, fight or flight. We, you know, because they're unfamiliar to us, say that there's a, a, a crisis in your family, all of a sudden you start praying and you cry out to God to move on your behalf. When ideally what God would like you to do is heal that person, for instance, if it's a health issue, for you to do that. Because you have the same power in you that's in God. Just as Jesus, remember you're a joint heir with him, you are a co-inheritor with Jesus himself. You're one in the spirit with God himself. Everything that Jesus was able to do, raising the dead, healing the sick, speaking wisdom into situations, turning the world upside down, you can do all that. Again, the disciples walking around with him, that's what they learned. And it was apparently really important, really crucial that they learned that because Jesus walked around with them and showed the power that he had. And when we talk about power, we think, oh, this is, you know, something special, when it really isn't. It isn't extraordinary. It isn't different than anyone else. You don't have to be special to exhibit the power of God. It's in you. And it's in you whether you're born again or not, whether you're a spirit-led believer or not, because it's part of the soul, whether that soul has been redeemed or not. Now, over time, we'll go over what is the difference between a soul that has a living spirit and a soul that has a dead spirit. We'll talk about that later, and we'll talk about the effect that has on our solical senses. But think about Jesus walking around with his disciples. What, was, what did he do? He taught them and then he showed them. This is what it looks like. That, you know, he healed the sick. He, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Why was that important? It wasn't to prove that he was the son of God. Because he wasn't the only one who'd ever done that. That it had ever raised someone from the dead. He wasn't the first. So we know it can't, that can't be the reason. And why did he do it with so many witnesses? Again, it wasn't to prove that he was the son of God. Easily, they, they could easily conclude that He knew God, that God, you know, the Father favored him, that he was a prophet. But it didn't prove he was the Son of God. So then why did he do it? By example. 
He wanted to be an example. This is what it looks like to be living complete, entire, and whole, spirit, soul, and body. You can do this too. And I use this example over and over again, but talks about faith. You speak to the mountain and say, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be cast and moved and cast into the sea. He didn't say, Pray to me and I'll do it. He said, No, you do it. And the disciples accepted that. And, and we're talking about, he, you know, he had an inner circle, then an outer circle, and then a bigger a crowd following him. And his whole life was an example. And it wasn't an example of someday. It wasn't an example of this is for the special people, those with a special anointing or a special gift or a special calling or a special level of maturity or having had somebody special pray for you. Now, he did give different kinds of examples. But he did it to draw people, to draw those that were following him into accepting the truth about who they were. And that other example, they're coming out of the village, and they were rejected there. And the disciples said to Jesus, shall we call fire down from heaven to destroy them? They didn't say, Master, would you call down heaven? Or Jesus, would you call, ask your father to send down fire from heaven? No, they said, shall we call fire down from heaven? They, the change that was wrought in the disciples was they saw themselves differently. And they saw themselves differently because they were hanging out with Christ. And Jesus was walking around, man, God, combined, spirit, soul, and body, one, perfect, perfected, no shadow of turning, no doubt, the presence of the Father flowing through spirit, soul, and body, as he was walking around, his soul, how he interacted with the natural realm, the supernatural realm, and the spiritual realm, showed this is what your soul is capable of. And God wants you to live up to your capabilities. You are capable of raising the dead. You are capable of the wisdom of Solomon, of great God's wisdom. You are capable of knowing the future. You are capable of these things. And God wants you to learn how to let those things flow in your life. Not because he needs you to. God does not need your help. He does not need your help to achieve his goals in the world or even in your life. In fact, it's the other way around. He's put us here for our benefit. 
He's arranged the circumstances in your life for your benefit. And he's, you know, he had those people reject, that village reject him and the disciples so they could learn that lesson. Jesus said, you don't even know what you're talking about. You know, we want to we want to call lightning down and destroy all those people because they were mean to us. Jesus said, you, you're, you're missing the whole point. I love those people. And they were... They had a response, but the story that they did not doubt that they could ask for for fire to rain down from heaven. When Jesus called Peter out of the boat to walk on, he got out of the boat. And, you know, one of my favorite verses is that even if they're, You know, if there were books written about everything that Jesus did in his short life here on this earth, there would not be enough books to contain it, everything he did. And yet we spend so much time trying to line up and puzzle together every little jot and tittle in the New Testament, which starts in Acts, and even with the with the life of Christ while he was here on this earth and everything in the old testament how everything we spend all this time on one book one set of certifiable documents and yet they are such a small amount of who God is and who we are and he what he wants us to know but he wants us to know by experience. So over time, we're going to, you know, we've started working on some homework sheets, but want to lay some groundwork first. Because I want you to be asking, not just doing the homework. This is about your relationship with God. Just getting your soul activated and working, getting those latent abilities up and running won't solve any of your issues, won't bring you closer to God. Does being able to see with your eyes bring you closer to God, make you more spiritual or more acceptable to the church or more righteous, more valuable to God? No. You have eyes. Your eyes were made to do something, to receive information. Your brain takes it and you process it and you you do something with that information. That's it. Your eyes working perfectly doesn't change anything. I mean, we enjoy our, our eyes, our vision. We enjoy our, our hearing, our other senses, our taste. We enjoy, enjoy the senses, and we can tell when they're not working. Change our relationship with God. So you could have every single one of your soul abilities, soul abilities up and running 100%, walking around like Jesus Christ, being able to heal the dead, 
Uh, heal, heal the sick, raise the dead, do whatever Jesus did, water into wine, you know, anything he did, and more. And it wouldn't affect your relationship with God. Because remember, your spirit is already one with him. So the goal is not to get meaning from having your abilities up and, and functioning. Rather than, rather look at your abilities not functioning keeps you from being able to fully avail yourself of every opportunity here that is God has laid out for you here on this earth. It's not it's not like a bonus. It's an accepted part. It's God gave you the soul. It has abilities that God gave you. He there's an expectation there that they are to be fully working. We are to not be ignorant of them. They we should they should all be fully working all the time. Now, we are far away from that, and that is, and we'll talk about that as well, but that is far more dependent on the lies we're believing, <coughs> the, our own history, our own expectations, and also the wounds and the lies in our soul. Remember, your soul wants to control Just think if if what would you do different if you could if your soul was fully available to the to to God himself if you could do all the things that Jesus did you know we all struggle with failure but what reveals the heart what reveals the the wounds what reveals our failings is success, is victory, is accomplishing something. How we handle being applauded, being honored, being respected. You know, we all want to be, you know, honored for what we do good, what we do right. And how we how we approach receiving that honor. Not a false humility, but recognizing, yes, I worked hard to get this ability back up and running the way it should always be. It's not that I'm special. You can do it too. Let me show you. But our soul wants to control the best way to control it's like if you it, it very often it's just to not move to not put yourself in a situation where you can make a mistake or you could be exposed or you could fail or you get rejected more you get get wounded more so you just hunker down and that's what your soul does it's it's doing it's just hunkering down behind a wall 
protecting itself. God says, come out. Let me show you how to live as a spirit being that has a soul and lives in a body. And these things are all for right now. And wherever you are, he has opportunities around you all the time. So it's not about learning a particular ability. It's about what opportunities do you have around you right now. Do you know sick people? Odds are you have somebody in your life that could use a healing. So you focus on the healing of that other person, not about your own healing ability. You're, you know, you, you need to make a change for the future. That's the draw, not your ability to see into the future. Be prophetic. It's about the circumstance that's drawing you. So we don't focus on the abilities. The abilities are there. They will, they will be activated as we call upon them. It's just like your muscles. You don't c- concentrate on building a muscle by looking at it and saying, okay, grow. It's by use, by reason of use. So look around your circumstances. What's going on in your life? And let the Lord draw you to a circumstance, to something that you're interested in. He's going to give you the desires, follow those desires in your soul. And let those opportunities draw you and draw your abilities to rise to the need, rise to the occasion. And remember, it's not about being special or about being closer to God, certainly not being about perfected. But your relationship with God is already done. You don't need to achieve anything. You're 100% in with him. But it's about your soul and the latent abilities becoming activated through reason of use. So we'll pick it up there again. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.